we want to look at the uh, ministry of the Word, and that's found in Ephesians uh, 4. Next week, I will be speaking on the birth of Christ, uh, being Christmas Eve, and so we'll, uh, I don't know what the text will be yet, but I have a few thoughts on that, so you just be praying for me. But it's a time of the year that we do uh, want to remember uh, the humility uh, and the preciousness of uh, this Christmas season. Uh, let's uh, read verses uh, 11 through 16 of Ephesians 4 uh, at this time. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the statue which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are... No longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Boy, power-packed, and, and uh, uh, Paul had a way with words, and we have to just sort of unpack what he's trying to say here, and uh, we will not thoroughly uh, look at everything, but uh, just pray that God would show us what we need to hear. Uh, because really, the preaching of the Word of God... Uh, you can know all of it, and I can perfectly interpret it and give it, but if you don't apply it, it's, it's empty. It's, it's just words. It's just more knowledge. It's just... So my desire as we go through this, and we're studying the diversity of the gifts, is that all of us will be changed, that we'll be unified that we will see our gift, not only see it, but use it. And I saw that last night. I saw the diversity of gifts. Everybody doing their part. I could not have led the music. Well, I could have, but it wouldn't have made any sense. And uh, so we all have different parts to play. And uh, praise God that he uses us. And, of course, uh, we're being unified and every part functioning as it should until we attain, as we read just a while ago, ultimately uh, perfect unity at Christ's coming. Do you realize that his coming will be perfectly unified? I don't know what that's going to look like, but we're going to realize how, how ununified we probably really are. And yet we may think we're unified, but uh, uh, we can surely love each other more. Uh, we can surely show grace more, uh, be more like Christ more. We, none of us ever attain uh, to that perfect unity, but we will at his coming. And uh, so Paul now is elaborating 
on the church being a body. And uh, we found and saw last week the, the body is made up of many parts, many members, organs, cells, even fat cells. And we won't go into that. But uh, uh, even uh, the elbow is important. We won't go into that aspect. Uh, but uh, even though we're one body, it's not sameness. It's not sameness. You know, even in the Trinity, there's perfect unity. And yet there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, isn't it? And so three persons and one. And so there is... Uh, uh, diversity in unity. Uh, every member has a part to play in the church. Um, and we saw in verse 7 uh, the service grace that has been given to each member to function in the body in a certain way. And uh, we all have that part. And by the way, you are important. I'm not more important than anyone else. I just have a different part to play. But if, if you greet people at the back door and make them welcome uh, or speak to them a kind word or whatever, you don't know in this world what that's going to do in eternity. Amen. You may make the difference in somebody's life and never know it. And so uh, this is for all of us. And so he's elaborating uh, what is going on uh, in the body and, uh, and each part functioning properly. Uh, and, of course, the body has parts at times that uh, don't function properly. And we all have been there. And there are times that we're sick. Uh, we might even have to lose part of the body. Uh, and uh, we're invaded by viruses and uh, outside things that make us sick. And, uh, and so there's a lot of spiritual application. It doesn't play out in every way uh, that Paul is using here. And boy, how brilliant, and I said this last week, how brilliant he is in making the body, the physical body, as an analogy of the church. It's, it's just incredible. And of course, that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so the, uh, the body needs to grow and to mature as we just read. None of us uh, have uh, attained that as yet. Uh, uh, we're not to remain in a gullible, childlike condition. And uh, we need to uh, be more and more like Christ. More and more like Christ. That means we'll be working at this thing for a long time until he comes. Matter of fact, the rest of our lives to be more like Christ. And what does that look like? How is this accomplished? We'll see that in just a second. But, uh, you know, even Christ himself, you know, when he was born in the manger, was a baby. And he didn't come out of the womb speaking perfect Hebrew and talking to his parents. He was a baby. And we, we find, and, and don't, I don't get, the, I mean, I don't understand this. This is in the mind of God and it's a miracle and how, how all that works out, I don't know. Uh, but we do know in Luke 2.52, and Jesus grew. Now, if Jesus grew, don't we need to grow? He grew in wisdom and statute and in favor with God and man. And so if he 
grew, we certainly need to grow. And how is this done? One thing, it will happen. This is going to happen. Uh, Even when there seems to be little evidence in our lives, it's happening. Maybe taking longer in some of us than than others, but it is happening. Because what did Jesus say in Matthew 16? He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's building. He's equipping. And... uh, and that's us. In Isaiah 53, you know, what God sets out to do, He does in our lives. Uh, it may be painful. We may go kicking and screaming like I did uh, and fought and, and kicked against the pricks. But anyway, it says, yet it was the Lord's will to crush Christ, to cause Him to suffer. And though the Lord makes His life an offering for sin, He will Notice, he will, not maybe, see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. He will, he will, he will, and he did. And that's where we rest. See, we rest in Christ because he's accomplished that uh, on the cross. But you know what? He's still accomplishing that. He's still accomplishing that. And uh, uh, we need to to understand that. And how is he doing that? How is he doing that today? Through his word to us. It's through his word that he is accomplishing and teaching us, equipping us, uh, to do the ministry. Uh, he will bring this about. Um, teaching and preaching the word of Christ. Now, what is his, uh, uh, his purpose? What is his purpose? He is bringing this about. <clears throat> In Isaiah 55, 11, so is my word. How does he accomplish this? Through his word. Uh, how much time are you spending in his word that goes out from my mouth? It will not return to me empty or void, but will what? Accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Couldn't be any plainer than that, could it? It's through His Word. It's through His Word. Uh, it's not through bigger programs, uh, uh, but it's through His Word that we grow and are equipped. And uh, I hope everyone this morning will uh, just take that to heart as, uh, uh, and for me as well. And so He does this through the ministry of the Word of God. Uh, and notice in verse 11 it says that... Uh, Christ gave, Christ gave, Christ gave. He didn't consult me and say, Sid, what, what gift would you like to have? What were, how would you like to look? Uh, how tall would you like to be? And no, no, because he's in charge. He's in charge. And, uh, and so the rest of the passage deals with the results of the giving of these gifts. And uh, 
And we see these offices that are listed here, and I'm kind of reviewing a little of last week too. Uh, they all have to do with the ministry of the Word. All of these evangelists and teachers and pastors and apostles, they taught the Word of God. And uh, teachers uh, can even be Sunday school teachers, pastors and teachers, teachers teaching children. Uh, and so forth. It doesn't necessarily mean uh, elders, although it, it includes them. But he does this through his word. And we forget that, I think, as Christians. I do. You know, I, I think it's some philosophy of mine that's going to change people or it's going to be some uh, magical words that I say. Or No, it's, it's what the Bible tells us. It says, John 17, 17 sanctify them. By the truth, your word is truth. We saw that in that film this morning, did we not? And I showed that for that purpose, and it all fit in because Andrew asked me to pick one out, and that's the one I did. And also, Psalm 119, 9 through 11. If you have any doubt about God's word, this kind of sums it up. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? Ooh, that's a big question, isn't it? I mean, that's a good question, too. By living according to your word. Living, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Can it be any clearer than that? The importance of God's word. That's how he accomplishes. And we also saw in 2 Timothy 4 when we went through that together. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. And see, what does the word do? It corrects. It rebukes and encourages. With great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And believe me, there's a lot out there you can hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. See, truth. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of the evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. So Timothy was an evangelist, and that's someone who preaches the word, and he witnesses to people, he gives them the gospel, and uh, it's important, it's that important. Because, for, for, first of all, it was ordained by Christ to be this way. He uses these people, he uses us to spread his word, teaching the whole counsel of God. Amen. Not just an easy believism, love Jesus because he loves you. No, but you get down into, you better repent of your sin. You're dying and going to hell apart from Christ. You preach the whole counsel of God. You preach the whole word of God, not just the, the make you feel good pieces, or as Ken Ham said, just the stories, just stories. No, this is life changing. It's interesting, uh, Luke, uh, in, in the book of Luke, the first chapter, he talks about the exact word of God, the, per, the perfect word of God. And, uh, and also in Acts, uh, uh, he talks about uh, 
Let's read Acts 1, 1 and 2. To my former, uh, to my former book, of course, that's Luke, Theophilus, uh, which means lover of God, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. In other words, in Luke, he talked about what Jesus did and began to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. So Jesus is no longer on the earth. But his word, his truth carries on. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. And then it goes down to us as, as pastors and teachers and, and uh, his children that present the word of God. And people come to know him. And so uh, this is extremely important. Uh, the word of God. And let's make sure in your own life that the word of God is truth to you as ken ham said it doesn't just contain the word of god this is the very word of god because it claims to be and it also has the power to change you and to make you into a new creature and it's through the power of the holy spirit that he does that that's the what is behind the word because the word by itself apart from the holy spirit doesn't doesn't change you the holy spirit must take that word and woo, convict, draw you to Christ. And he does in a powerful way, as I know he's done in your life. But anyways, Christ gave specific men uh, uh, to do this job in verse 11. Apostles and so forth. Not just anyone. And, and uh, to do a specific thing. A lot of men today uh, were just... Uh, uh, well, the saying is, were you sent or did you just went? Which is terrible English. But, And a lot of men in the pulpit today were not sent. They just went. They just It was a job. They were good speakers or got along with people. And now they're in the pulpits preaching all sorts of heresies. And believe you me, they will one day stand before God and give an account. And that is not going to be pretty. God is very very clear in his word what happens to uh, those who do not preach. Those shepherds who are not preaching his word. Woe! And that's not a nice word, by the way. Uh, Jesus said that to the Pharisees. Woe, he says. Condemnation. Who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil, notice, you have done, declares the Lord. Can't be any clearer than that, brothers. If, if I am not preaching the whole counsel of God, if I'm not preaching salvation by grace alone through faith in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. Get rid of me. Get rid of me. And those that uh, are preaching a false gospel. It is not going to. Or not even a gospel at all. In so many churches you go in and you hear the preaching. And you'll say. What did he say? It was a nice story. But there's no gospel. There's no good news that Jesus saves. Woe to them he says. Woe to them. Uh, and what is the shepherd's job? What, are the te- what is the teacher's job? What is your job? 
He says in Jeremiah 3.15, Then I will give you shepherds after, your, after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. You see, that's what real shepherds do. They lead you with knowledge and understanding. The truth. The truth will set you free. Uh, and so, uh, there are certain truths that flow out of the fact that the minister that the ministry of the word is ordained by Christ. And that is, uh, if you have a pastor who is preaching the word of God, you can be assured of Christ's blessing in his presence. Where the word of God is being preached, you have his presence and, uh, and his blessing upon that church. Also, uh, if your church has... A minister who preaches and teaches the gospel, the whole counsel of God, then don't undervalue their ministry. Don't undervalue their ministry because it glorifies God. It glorifies Him. And uh, a lot of people have told me, well, we go to this church over here because my wife has a beautiful voice and she wants to sing in the choir. And they got a great big choir. And it's a liberal church that doesn't even hold to the gospel or preach the gospel. You see, uh, they do not respect the man who's in the pulpit. That is not their primary focus. It's not the word of God that's being proclaimed. It's something else in the church that draws them. And that's sad. It's so sad. And then you need to make yourself aware of Christ's uh, purpose for the minister. Understand that uh, the object is for you to change. For you to change. You need to understand what my purpose is. What is it? What is, what, is, what is the purpose of the pastor or the teacher? You know, in our shop we have stuff in there and people come up to me and they'll say, I like this, what is it? And I say, I have no clue. I have no idea what it's used for, what it was for. And, it's a, it's, and, and we call it a what's it. Oh, me, what, what's it? Am I a what's it? Do I have a purpose? Yes, I do. Paul's very clear about that, isn't it? To preach and teach the Word of God. And we need to be open to that. Secondly, the ministry of the Word is the instrument of Christ. For what? To build His church, to unify His church. What is the overall purpose found in Ephesians 5 that we haven't gotten? <clears throat> what is the overall purpose? Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The purpose? To make her holy. This is my job. Cleansing. Now, I don't, I don't have the power to do it, but I preach the word. To make her holy. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. If the word isn't being proclaimed, you're not going to be washed. If the truth isn't there, you cannot be washed. And woe to these shepherds that are not preaching the truth. And to present her, that's the church to himself, as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. 
That's what God desires for you, to be holy and blameless. He does not want you to be a little child uh, always. He doesn't want you to be a Peter Pan that goes off to Neverland and remains a child. That's a terrible story, by the way, because it's not a picture of life at all. We don't go to Never Never Land as a child and remain as a child. You know, as, as Ben read this morning, when you become mature, you put away childish things. Yet in Neverland, they were doing childish games and what have you. And so it's important. That's the purpose. To do what? To equip, first of all, in verse 12, to equip uh, so that we might function properly in his body. Equip is an interesting word. It's a medical term for setting broken bones. A good doctor who knows all about setting bones. I wouldn't want to try to set a bone, but I have had bones set. I broke my arm, and it was a U. I mean, both bones right about here. Don't even know the name of them, but I know one thing. It hurt, and it was bent. And I was 10 years old. Dad comes up there and says, what's wrong, son? He re- <coughs> pulls it right out. You know, Didn't even say, I'm going to do this or anything. He just did it. You know, <laughs> That was Dad. And he said, put it like this, and we're going to the hospital. Yes, sir. Pain. Pain. But you know what? That bone had to be set. But there was pain involved in doing it. Somebody said, and I think it's a great statement, there's no gain without pain. That's true in the Christian life. Uh, now, I want you to see your broken bones. I could see mine very clear. But you know what? We have brokenness that we don't see. We're broken in cracked vessels in ways that we don't even know. And the trouble with us is we're Pharisees. We're good. We come to church. We got the right doctrine. We got a preacher who loves Christ, and I'm okay. That does not make you okay. Because you're broken. Without Christ, you're cracked. You're undone without Christ. You need to be equipped is what he's saying. You need to have those bones set straight. It's that important to equip. Uh, Yeah, we're all out of whack. We don't like to say that, but we are. And when we're out of whack, the body is out of whack. Uh, My body could not function with that broken arm. Let me ask you in this church, are you a broken arm? Yeah, you are. Because we all are. That's my point. We all need to be equipped. We all need to have our brokenness healed. And so when the Holy Spirit says, you need to... Be equipped in this area. You need to have that set. Don't say, no, it's okay. It's okay. I don't need, Dad, you know, I'm fine. Just leave it alone. You know, it'll, no. I have to say, you know, I got a problem here that needs to be fixed. Trouble is Christians today don't see they need to be fixed. Because they're wonderful. They've arrived there. It's a lie. And Satan likes to blind us. Now, don't misunderstand me. In Christ, 
You're standing in Christ. You're perfect forever. And that's, a, that's the good news. But he wants us to be what? Without stain or wrinkle or any blemish. Holy and blameless. And you can't do that if you, if you don't get equipped. And we're going to see later on in Ephesians 6, the, the putting on the whole armor of God. I'm halfway through. But that's okay. The Word of God can go across even preconceived notions. And you can feel the weight of its correction. Do you even feel the weight of God's correction anymore? Boy, I remember, boy, I, I would get so burdened with a sin that I'd committed where I'd hurt somebody, or, and I just couldn't, I would just ache until I got it right. It hurt. Does it hurt? Our, our daughter used to say, my tummy oots. Because it really did. We're all hurting and in need of being fixed. And only the Word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit can fix you. But you have to yield to it. You have to say yes to it. You have to say, God, change me. I need to be changed, Lord. When was the last time you prayed that? Because, yeah, be careful because he'll do it. And you know what? It's, it's painful. It hurts. It's like sitting. But afterwards you go, whew, that's much better. See, Satan's lie is don't repent. Oh, no, don't do it. Whoo, no, you're going to be real sad if you do that. It'll be the greatest time in your life. You'll have a peace that passes all understanding because your bone is set. It's pulled back into place and you're happy. There's a peace. There's a peace that passes all understanding. Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Yeah. Wow. We have, a, we have to fix our eyes where? On Christ. And then he says, just quickly, building up, verse 12. And this is, Paul is talking about construction work. Uh, he uses two analogies, the building and the, and the setting of bones. Uh, and he means maybe building up number-wise, but certainly spiritual growth, building up of your faith, uh, building up your strength, building up your boldness. You know, we're all living stones, as I said last week, being fitted in where we need to go. We had a bricklayer that did Dad's house, and uh, he had run down a whole line, and then he'd come to the end of the row, and he'd only need a half a brick. So he didn't just stick that brick in there because it would be sticking out. It wouldn't make the corner. And he'd take that uh, tool, and he would hit that brick, crack it all around, and break it right in half. Now, the brick doesn't, cannot feel. But for that brick to be fitted in where it needed to go, it had to be broken. See what I mean? For us to grow, to be built up in this building, we've got to be broken sometimes. And we've got to be chiseled. We've got to be sanded. We've got to be corrected. Uh, A chipping away needs to be done to grow. 
until we all, in verse 13, it says, attain to the unity of faith. Until we do that. I've said enough this morning already, and I think I think we all get the picture of what we need to do here. We need to see <clears throat> in God's working in us, for one thing, if He is speaking to us, hear His cry. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect God speaking to you. Don't say, uh, okay, I hear you, God, but no, I don't hear you, God. I don't want to do that. Don't say that. You need to get with the program. Stop thinking about yourself and thinking about the body of Christ. You need to realize the responsibility that you have to be blameless and holy. And above all, you need to seek Christ. You see, I can't fix you. Did you know that? I can't fix you. If you haven't figured that one out by now, I can't even fix myself. <laughs> I can't. I can't fix myself. But Christ can. So you're not looking. Don't look, don't look to me because I can't help you. You know, you look to Christ and you cry out to the one who can really help you that can fit you in to the body, to that building, exactly where He wants you to be. And you know what? He'll rush in. The Holy Spirit will rush in when you cry out. He will rush in. So let's pray. Father, this morning, I thank You for Your Word. Lord, I thank You that You equip us and that You build us up. But Lord, we all confess how painful that is at times. Uh, just like in the body, there's pain and suffering. And the Lord, teach us all that there's no gain without pain. And the devil's lie is don't repent. But Lord, we know that um, you will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed upon you. So Lord, help us to believe your word. Believe that your word is truth and your truth will set us free. Lord, we need you. We all need you, Lord. Uh, and we ask now uh, your blessings upon your word. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.